Paul, great to see you again. Thank you for inviting me. ASP Isotopes is an advanced materials company dedicated to the development of technology and processes that produce isotopes used in multiple industries, and you have a proprietary technology that powers that process. Paul, for viewers new to the story, what is ASP Isotope? Thanks, Craig. Yeah, so ASP Isotopes is a company that has a unique proprietary technology for enriching isotopes. And isotopes are, are products that are used or chemicals that are used in very specialist applications. So, for example, silicon 28 will be used in quantum computing. If I take a bag of sand, a kilo of sand probably costs a dollar. When we enrich that to silicon 28, that same bag of silicon is $600,000. Take carbon, for example, you take a bag of carbon, bag of charcoal, maybe that costs 50 cents to a dollar. We enrich that to over 85% and that's worth 24 million US dollars. And customers have very special, unique applications for these isotopes. And our goal is to become one of the world's leading suppliers of these isotopes for very specialist applications. Currently, we have two plants, both in South Africa. The first is complete, uh, it's, uh, it's operating, it'll start generating It'll start producing product in the second half of the year. Uh, and the second plant will be mechanically complete over the summer. That should also start finishing products by the end of the year as well. Thanks for that, Paul. Let's turn now to the state of the isotopes industry. Why are isotopes so relevant right now? When clients and potential clients call you, for example, what are they wanting to talk about? Yeah, thanks. So the isotopes, we're going for a pretty insignificant supply demand kind of disruption in isotopes right now. So there are a number of new uses for isotopes, but there isn't really a Western producer. So, for example, I mentioned earlier silicon 28 for quantum computing. Yeah, it would appear that no one else can really enrich that to the kind of levels you need in kilogram or large quantities to enable quantum computing. Lots of new isotopes being developed in the healthcare medical space, as well as new uses for energy as well. So a lot of new emerging demand growth drivers for isotopes. At the same time, there's a real supply, demand, supply um, disruption. In the, historically, Russia has been the largest supplier of isotopes to the world. Many, con, many consumers of isotopes are questioning you know, who, their, who their suppliers are and whether they should be relying upon countries like Russia uh, to supply such critical needs for, for both their, com their company and, and their country. So, but a pretty interesting, interesting point in time. Take carbon-14 as an example. The entire world's supply of carbon-14 used to come from Russia. There's been none available since the start of the war in February 2022. We started our first plant up back in March, and we've sold the entire capacity to a, to a, to a customer at an extremely attractive price and gross margin for ourselves. And yeah, that's, um, yeah, so that's, that's a pretty, pretty unique uh, situation to be in. You know, we've got two plants. I would guess we have about four and a half times as much interest in the capacity of those plants as we have capacity. So when it's, too, it's very rare, the company, you start a new you plant up and you're sold out on day one. That's not a problem that we, we, we have. We've, we've filled our first two plants without making a single outbound call. But all, all the calls have been into ourselves from companies that are desperate for a new producer of isotopes. Paul, a lot of investors ask us, why South Africa? What is the relationship between ASP isotopes and South Africa? How are you able to find your assets in that country? And how is it that South Africans can enrich isotopes and other countries cannot? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. I get asked that quite a lot by investors. You know, and a lot of investors probably don't remember the apartheid years back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. 
you know, I grew up in London and I, I remember the, the three Nelson Mandela campaigns and chants in the streets. And during those apartheid years, um, South Africa wasn't allowed to import a lot of the materials and technologies that the rest of the world enjoyed. So they were forced to do, do a lot of the development and research work themselves. So during the 1970s and 80s and I guess early 90s, South Africa built up a, a really very enviable nuclear technology. Uh, they built two nuclear reactors, six nuclear weapons, two enrichment facilities to enrich uranium themselves. And, and, you know, and they became a, a pretty formidable power in, in the nuclear world. In 1994, all that changed and uh, South Africa shut down its enrichment programs, its nuclear programs, and now they just have a, a nuclear power station. But a lot of those scientists were, were left looking for work um, when that program shut down. And so, you know, our, our scientists, both have got PhDs in physics and chemistry, went on to develop processes to enrich isotopes for stable, stable isotopes for friendly purposes, such as medical applications. You know, they struggled along for 20 years without much funding. And then we found them about 20 years later. And, you know, I've spent my career really investing in healthcare and, and chemistry. And I, I recognize straight away this technology could be really useful if it could be properly funded and put into a company. So we incorporated the company in Delaware, and then we, we, we pushed their company, which basically ran out of money, into a, a business rescue process, which is similar to bankruptcy in the US. And we bought the assets in the business rescue process. And I also recognized that in order to buy these assets, you'd have to have permits from the Non-Proliferation Council, the International Atomic Energy Agency. So we got those permits ahead of any bankruptcy or, or business rescue auction. So it, it was a fairly easy contested auction that we we had the correct permits. So you know, we, we were lucky that we spent eight months due diligence in the assets before buying them. And um, we we're very lucky to get this technology. And actually, when you look around the world, a lot of the nuclear companies, those companies developing SMRs, small modular reactors, even in America, a lot of their nuclear physicists come from South Africa, actually they've emigrated to the US. Um, South Africa developed the pebble bed reactor, which has gone on to become the small modular reactor. So a lot of the world's newest technologies actually came from South Africa. It's, it's quite bizarre that a company, a country that can't even power its own grid right now, used to be a leader in nuclear technology. Thank you for that explanation, Paul. Let's turn now to finances. Investors, especially those in microcaps, are obsessed with the balance sheet of microcap companies. Let's talk about ASP Isotope's cash position. Yeah, so we finished the first quarter with about $5 million of cash on our balance sheet. Uh, we've got no debt, um, so we're talking to potential debt funders as well to, to extend our, our cash runway. As a company, we don't spend very much money. I'm a very frugal CEO. Uh, we spend about three and a half to four million dollars a year to keep the lights on in the companies. Our total, our total cost for keeping this company operating is sort of three and a half to four million dollars a year, that kind of number. So you know, I've learned over the years the fastest way to become cash flow positive is not to spend too much cash. So we've purposefully kept the cash burn very low. We, we haven't had a large investor relations department or lots of salespeople or what have you. There's really just three employees outside of South Africa. Um, so we benefit not spending too much cash. In terms of contracts and uh, speed to get to cash flow break even, we've signed two contracts so far, which should start up in the next sort of uh, several months or so. The first is a take or pay contract with a Canadian customer. Uh, that's for the entire uh, carbon 14 um, supply. 
That's got a guaranteed minimum of two and a half million dollars a year. Uh, we expect to produce more like three to four million dollars a year from that contract. And that's backed by a bank letter of guarantee. The second contract was with an Asian uh, healthcare system. It's uh, with the, with the Be Be Beijing uh, Institute of Metallurgy and Chemical Engineers. Yeah, that's for up to $27 million a year from Molybdenum 100. And that should start at some point in the next 12 months as well. And you know that's not a take or pay type guarantee, but um, yeah, but uh, the customers uh, is invested very heavily in using Molybdenum 100 in their healthcare system. And then we're looking to sign a couple more contracts in the next sort of three or four months or so for that second plant. And, and once, once we've got a, a clear a clear line of sight into what 2024 looks like, we'd like to provide some revenue guidance to the street. Paul, let's turn now to personnel. Who are the people behind ASP Isotopes? We know you, the CEO, have had a sterling career and could have dedicated yourself to any number of projects. Why have you and your colleagues chosen ASP Isotopes? Yeah, so for, for myself, you know, I spent most of my career in finance, making money for other people, and taking some of it myself. And there comes a point in your life where you actually want to do something else in your career. You want to kind of create something that's going to help the world or benefit the world. And this is an industry or science I really understand very well. So that was why I kind of chose to, to get involved in this industry. You know, in terms of other people on our board and management team, Dr. Hendrik Strydon uh, was has a PhD in nuclear physics, and he he was part of the South African nuclear program. He's our chief technology officer. Uh, we have uh, the Dr. Einar Ronanda, who's actually got a PhD in physics and a PhD in chemistry. Uh, he also came to the nuclear program in South Africa, and he's our scientific advisor to the board. We've got a very lean management team, so there's only really three of us outside of South Africa. In terms of our board of directors. Most of them were the founding investors who I've met, who I've met during my last sort of 20 years on Wall Street. So uh, Duncan Moore used to be the head of Morgan Stanley's healthcare research team. He was a founding investor and joined the board. Sergei Vasetnov uh, was, was uh, essentially head of M&A and business development at Lyondell Bissell, also a 15-year Wall Street veteran. He was a founding investor and he's actually vice chairman of the board. So we've got a diverse group of, of individuals on the board and in management team. To conclude, Paul, what is the essential value proposition? Why should investors pay attention to ASP isotopes right now? The isotopes industry is at a unique point of time in history. There's a lot of new demand for isotopes. There's a dwindling supply of isotopes. We hope to fill that gap. You know, we have two plants that are either complete or close to being complete that should start producing commercial product later on this year. And assuming we're successful in that, we hope to generate substantial returns for shareholders. It's a great story, Paul. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you for having me. Some of the companies featured on this episode are red chip client companies, and we may own stock in these companies. So please always read our disclosures at redchip.com.